Brother Crabtree, we're sure glad to have you here. Isn't it a blessing that we get to be a part of that, even this past Wednesday? So come right Thank there. you. Thank you so much. I'm privileged, I'm privileged to be here tonight. I'm thankful for what you all have done to make this ministry a miracle. We have, we have brought the payment down, the, the amount that we owe down from $1.35 million down to $450,000 in just uh, two years and ten months. And I have never fathomed that in my entire life. I told my pastor when I went in to step, step, step into this adventure of faith, if you would, to go on deputation. I said, I believe firmly I'm 50 years old at that time. And I said, I think God's got something greater for me to do. And he's not finished with me. And I wanted to, and I, I wanted to abide by what God wanted us to do. And so the rest is history. One of the most greatest, I told me and my wife, we firmly believe that, that the, greater, the greatest days are not behind us, but ahead of us. And even though God has allowed us to help establish death walks on five continents around the world, that does, it doesn't get to the, it never, I, I <clears throat> started working with this depth church has been uh, quite an experience for me. Somebody said to me, he said, you're looking old. Well, when you, you know, there's a lot, uh, but I, I uh, when you're doing this, when I, when we lost this, when we almost lost this building, it put a tremendous amount of stress and pressure on us that we could not fathom, that I never, uh, I never anticipated such a thing to happen because I was supposed to have five to 10 years in that building. And so more than 250, maybe 300 miles, conservative, conservative, conservatively speaking, we had walked around that place and walked around that place morning, noon, and night, begging God for an answer. And uh, I had no clue, had no anticipation of understanding what God was about to do. But I do know that God had something in mind and, and all, I was, all I'm doing is alone for the ride. And, uh, and I'm thankful for that privilege to be a part of that. The depth, the depth work, and uh, you know, when that five, we have two, two years left to be interest-free. And uh, a couple years ago, when I was in, when I have what a church has, key man insurance. Key man insurance, of course, if I was to pass away, it would cover the building. And uh, so we thought that was God's way when I was supposed to die in South Africa, but God had different plans. <laughs> I said to my wife, she didn't have a second chance. but. I met my wife here in Oklahoma City in a car accident, and she has been paying for it ever since. <laughs> and, uh, but I am thankful to be here. I'm grateful for what God's been doing. And, you know, if, you, if I take you every step, I used to walk from uh, Northwest 36th and Rockwell. All, <clears throat> and my job was over here on Southwest 54th and Western. I can't recall. I don't remember where the apartments were but I used to walk every day over here to go to work. And uh, it was something that, you know, I took a bicycle ride, I've taken, I've hitchhiked, I've, I've uh, someone gave me a car, Craig Freeman's friend, Dwayne Hickman, gave me a car, and, and so well, I've had my share of walking. And uh, when I was in high school, I used to walk 10 miles to school every day, and uh, so then I just always felt like, you know, if God gave me good legs, it's my transportation. And so we just took advantage of it. But one day I was in a hurry. I, was, I played basketball. I played basketball and, uh, 
And so I had to run from Southwest 54 somewhere over here. I don't know where it's at. I can't recall where it's at. Somewhere it's in Western Penn, somewhere over here. And that's back in 1987. So I don't remember everything. But I had to run from there. I had to get to the basketball game on, on, uh, on a, I think it was a Tuesday night. And I had about two hours because my coach Foster wanted me, coach Foster wanted me there uh, to be pregame warm-ups. And I just took off running. I took off running from over here, got all the way over there, walked into the gymnasium, sat down in the locker room, pouring sweat. My, room, my, my locker mate looked at me and said, what in the world is wrong with you? And uh, I just looked at him and I said, no, no big nothing, nothing. I just had to, make it, I just had to get here. And uh, they found out, and then the next day, uh, Pastor, uh, Brother Foster made mention of it. Bruce Foster was my, was my basketball coach, and uh, Bruce Foster, he, he made mention of it, about it. And uh, then someone gave me a car, a bicycle to start, and then a car a little bit later. So that's just how God's taken care of us for all of these years. I do want to thank, thank Pastor Gaddis for his goodness to me and our ministry, our family. We can, he, he has alleviated a tremendous amount of burden that my wife and I carry sometimes just because of his kindness. You have a very unique pastor, a very kind pastor, and you've been blessed with someone who, who leads you with love. I was blessed to see him walk up to the depth department tonight, this, this morning, and walk around that building and walk around that place and shake hands. He, I said hi to him, but I had to hurry up and stay, move on because I knew I was, he didn't want to talk to me. He wanted to talk to the others. And so, uh, but I did move, but I'm thankful for his love and compassion to my friends that are here over and over again from my friend's standpoint. I have a lot of friends in this room and he has helped, he has helped them in a tremendous way, helped them, healed them, and now they're greatly flourishing for the Lord. So pastor, I thank you for that. Of course, Tim, Tim Athey and his dear wife, bless her heart, she has to stay home tonight. Uh, so she didn't want to hear me preach. And uh, my <laughs> so, dear wife is home babysitting uh, some sick kids. And so I, I want to thank her for her sacrifices to do, do what she does to be a good mother. But all the things you've done for us and, of course, the special offerings and things, please continue to pray for us as we move forward these next two and a half years. We complete this, complete this uh, five-year loan. It is a miracle. The man, who, the man who loaned the money, we talk about two or three times a week. He had COVID. He had COVID recently, and um, uh, and so we. And Jim Bossy talked to me this week. Jim Bossy said, "Why in the world don't he just give you the money?" I said, "Why don't you ask him?" <laughs> <laughs> and so Jim Bossy was. He was at our fourth anniversary. He got a, he got excited about what God was doing. He met my he met my loner. And uh, Jim Bossy said, Jim Bossy uh, said that, you know, I think that ministry of the deaf helped for the next future deaf ministry that may come down the pike because he never saw the need that he saw that day. So I have to move on tonight. I, I, I know you all want to get home, but those of you who came to hear Pastor Gaddis, I apologize <laughs> that you have to settle for this. You scrape to the bottom of the barrel. But go in Ezra chapter number one. Ezra chapter number one, if we could tonight, we'll move to chapter one and verse number one. <clears throat> I do have five adult men that I'm supposed to have up here, and I don't know where you're at, but in a few minutes I'm going to use you. I'm not ready for you just yet, but if you have five adult men and five teenagers, 
that I'm going to be using here in a momentarily. But if I, um, I'm having a problem, Barney Pipe, that little thing has come sticking out of that thing, if you know. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but here, here in, in Ezra, chapter number one, and verse number one, now in the first year of Cyrus, the king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred the spirit of Cyrus, the king of Persia, and he made a proclamation throughout all the kingdoms and put, in, it, put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, the king of Persia, that the Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he hath charged me to build him a house to at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all of his people that his God be with him and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is the God, which is in Jerusalem. Whosoever <clears throat> remaineth in any place where he sojourneth, let the men of that place help him with silver, with gold, and with goods, and the beast, beside the free will offerings, before the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. Verse number five, then rose up the chiefs of the fathers of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites with all them whose spirit God had raised up to go build the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. And verse number six, as we pray, and it says here in verse number six, and all they that were about them strengthened their hands with vessels of silver, with gold and goods, with beasts and precious things besides all that was willingly offered. Father, we need your help tonight. Without you, we can do nothing. We pray, Lord, that you'll fill me with the power of the Holy Spirit. We simply ask, Lord, that you'll take this vessel and may it be honored to have the honor to be used to flow through me tonight. May you challenge church members to be faithful, church members to be, to be on board with what you want to participate in the programs of this ministry. Father, I pray for the Spirit of God to flow in our hearts. Lord, give me the unction. Help me to have clarity of mind. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you can be seated. Here in the book of Ezra, chapter number one, we see that God made it clear that he wanted a work to be done <clears throat> in Jerusalem. He made, it clear to the, he made it clear to the king. He made it clear to the people. Everyone knew that God wanted something to be done in Jerusalem. The king said that there were two types of people that were needed. And on the first number three, first number three, we see the first group of people, and there were those who were... Who is there among you? That's a group of people that had to go. And then it goes on now. We see in the second type of person that God needed. In verse number four, we see the list of the second type, and that is for whosoever remaineth. And that is a group of people that had to stay. In every work that God does and every work that God anticipates to do, and a church that's going to thrive and to grow and to prosper for the glory of God, it's going to take these two groups of people. However, we move on and God made these things. He, those that go and those that stay are critically important to a ministry of, uh, that, to be successful. It seems that wherever God does a great work, there are always these two types of people. We see this principle in the, in the New Testament, as well uh, in the Old Testament, as we see it as well as in the New Testament. However, we find this in Acts chapter 8, verse number 1. We see that the apostles stayed at Jerusalem, but others went. Some stayed and some went. 
The apostles were not in sin because they stayed. In Acts chapter 8, verse number 1, in the latter part of that verse, because of time, I'll just simply read this phrase. It said, and they were, and, and, and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria and except the apostles. In Acts chapter 13, the first missionaries were sent from Antioch. There was a group that had to go and there was a group that had to stay. In Romans chapter 15, verse 24, Paul talked about those two groups. One had to go and one had to stay. In Romans chapter 15, verse 24, the phrase there that says, to be brought on my way, that the word by you. I challenge, in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, there's a group that had to go and there's a group that had to stay. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse number six, the Bible says that you may bring me on my journey whithersoever I go. I challenge you tonight to understand that there are two principles that must not be understood. You understand that God has a group of people that have to go. We must go. A church that is going to go forward for the glory of God must go. But I'm afraid sometimes that the people that have to stay feel that they're left behind and they have no purpose in the work. I challenge you tonight to begin to think different. If you have a part of, ever been a part of a ministry that feels that you feel left out because you're not called to go, I beg with you to change that mindset. Because the mindset, the fact that you have to go, is, without doubt, we all understand it's critically important. But the Bible does tell us that those who stay have a critical aspect of the, of the thriving ministry. If we're ever going to grow for the glory of God, those that stay, can, those that go cannot go if those that stay do not take care of the stay. Those that go, those that go, they have to go with a willing heart. Those that go, they go because they're chosen by God. Those that go, they go because they go and are usually the ones that are seen and praised. I try to say to you tonight, but I want to focus tonight, if I could, on the group of people that had to stay. The group of people that had to stay those that had to stay, they, they, they have to make sure that God does not want them to go. If you're certain that God does not want you to go, then by all means, stay. I, I, and we go on over here, and we look in the book of Ezra. We come back in the book of Ezra, and in, in chapter number one, we read this passage, and where God has given Cyrus, King Cyrus uh, uh, to oversee uh, uh, and build him a house. <clears throat> to build a house. I often say that it's not, some churches like to, man, to have a maintain, have a man, maintenance ministry. A man, they like to maintain themselves. They like to have a maintenance program, but instead of a missions program, you have to, you cannot have a maintenance program of maintaining your ministry. Yes, I'm all for maintaining a ministry, but I'm maintaining simply by the, main, by the means of taking care of what is taking everyday, everyday life and of, the, of making the church operate. If that's the way you mean by maintaining, but I don't want to maintain, become stagnant. just to be showing up and just to be playing church. But here we come over, we come over to chapter number, number two and the latter part of that chapter. We see uh, chapter, 60, uh, chapter two and first number 66. It says, now here we see there's a group of people that had to go, there's a group of people that had to stay. There, there we see here that there were people that, that they gave of their horses, was 736. 
They gave up their mules. They gave up, in verse number 67, they gave up their camels. They gave up, they gave up, they gave up their donkeys. They, we see in verse 67, that they, in verse 68, some of the chiefs of the fathers, they gave and they gave and they gave of themselves. And the Bible says, and, and they offered themselves freely. They gave all that they had. Verse number 69, they gave of their ability unto the treasures of the work of God. I say to you tonight, we have, I have five men. I have my five men come up here if I could. My five adults, if I could come up with the five adults, not the teenagers, not the teenagers stay, but the, but the adults come up if you would. You can help me out here. And I try to illustrate this. I, I, I often preach to the deaf and trying to take the Old Testament and make it, make it clear and make it understandable, challenging. I found that the hearing people need it just as much as they do. But I want to say this, I've asked for fine, five good, fine young, five good, not young men, but men. <laughs> five, five good men. God had put, a, the story goes such as, God put, a, we'll put, let him be King Cyrus. God put upon the heart of the King Cyrus to do a building. God put upon the heart of the Cyrus, King Cyrus, to oversee a work. He could not and cannot do that work without the, 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 cooperation, the cooperation of people to see his burden, to see his vision. So God, brother, we see the, these people come along, and then the, if, you, if you go into, uh, uh, let me see here for a second. In chapter, we see in chapter number three, in verse number seven, that they gave, there were people that gave of their money. They were masonries, they were carpentries, they were meat, the people that gave meat and drinks and oil and so on and so forth. And then here you see these people, lock your arms if you would, lock arms. And then we see God, how God brought carpenters together we see how brought, brought God brought cooks together. We see how God brought givers together. And we brought, he certainly isn't the masonry. <laughs> <laughs> but God brought all of these people together because he saw God touched the heart of the King Cyrus. And he, and he shared that burden. He shared that vision. And so therefore, God God brought these people together under one, under one place and said, let's go forward. And they all gave up their abilities. So try to understand it this way. There's a, there's a, there's a family. There, these are families that have, a, that have a future by what they give to the, to the future. Here, this way, the pastor, bring it forward to 2023. God put upon the pastor's heart to do something of a, of a, of a work that he only, he touched him. And then when, because he's going to build something new. Now remember, they're moving from the, they're, they're moving from the ancient men, I'll get to that in a moment, but they're, they're moving from the first temple to the second temple. And now the, these, these, these type of helpers come together. God, listen, this gentleman here, he was a, he, he, he was a young man. And he had little children. He had little children that were roaming his house. He gets up at 6 a.m. He, go to to, he goes to work. And when he gets to, he goes, he goes to work and begins to work at 8 o'clock in the morning. And he works all the way to 5 or 6 p.m. He's doing his job. He's doing it faithfully. He's doing it the best of his ability. And then he comes home and, he, and, then, and then he will also do the same. This gentleman here, the banker, he goes to work. He does all the paperwork that are required of him. He kisses his wife good morning. Good, uh, good, uh, oh, uh, 
uh, kiss his wife goodbye for the day, and then he'll turn around and go to work, do his best, do it faithfully, execute that in everything he knew he knows to do. He tried to be an honest and upright man. He go, he, he gathers, and then at the end of the day, he goes home, eats his supper, and he gathers his children, and they go to the church house because pastor has something on their, on his heart that they, they they all come together to build. It goes on like this as well. And there are the men that have given them life, they are given their lives to their families. This church is full of people, full of good and godly families. And you've all made a choice. You've all made a decision at some point in your life. We're going to get behind the program of our pastor. And to you, we commend you. People like ourselves being a church planner, we are beneficiaries of your sacrifices to bring them you see, you came from you came from uh, past laborers, past helpers, past pastors, and the one that I know of is Pastor Davison, and then you move it to Pastor uh, Pastor Gaddis, and then you go from there to now, and you've all cooperated and move it forward. You didn't step back and say, "Well, I don't like this, this, this." You didn't get on the griping board. You didn't get on the ship, the, the, on the ship that wants to sail away. You just band together and you said, "Whatever Pastor wants, whatever God put upon his heart, he had a heart." For God, let's all join together. Amen. Now, this is the story of the God has putting on the King Cyrus to build. You know, it's easy to get into the bandwagon of people that want to be negative and critical, but the bottom line is we are making a decision if we're in that bandwagon, get, get, get on a board with people that are negative and critical, and we're getting on a bandwagon, like we'll share with you in just a moment, that's about to ready to destroy. If we get onto that bandwagon and we, we want to be all the negative, we want to be, it could be a gossip, it could be a tailbearing, but whatever it is, we don't, we want to stay away from that, avoid the poisoning. But here we got these men that, that just said, I love God, first and foremost. I love my family, and I love my pastor. I love our church, and I see what God is trying to do. So I'm just going to get on board and go together. So I challenge you to understand that this building is a beautiful building, but it's not beautiful on purpose. I mean, I mean, it's beautiful on purpose, but it's beautiful because people came together and joined together, band together to make it happen. The bathrooms are not clean this morning because somebody didn't, because you got, bathrooms are clean this morning because some, someone came along and joined and let's clean this bathroom. Thankfully, we, we went to, we, when I went to dump my, dump my paper towel, it was empty and it was ready for me this morning. Hey, when I, when I, when I walked into the auditorium, I don't see paper, paper, paper trails of trash all over the place. Somebody came along and cleaned the building before we had, came in to enjoy it. Amen. Thank God for those type of people. Thank God for people that just get on board and say, this is what pastor wants. This is what pastor needs. Let's just say, that, this is not being political. This is just saying, God has something he wants done. Amen. And that's what God wants to do. I'm looking among a group here tonight that are people that have stayed. God has not called you to go. Now, I'm sure there's some of you, we'll talk about college students. I'm not gonna, let's not get too technical. But we're here tonight, and I'll look among you, the people that stayed. You give in your offering, you gave, and you sacrificed. You love, you help, you assist. You see a hurting family, you go help that hurting family. And what you're doing is you're bringing a church together in a great bond. 
pastor cannot run this church by himself. He can have the greatest vision and desire that any man have ever existed, but he cannot do it without the cooperation and the goodness of God's people. But let's just illustrate it to this group here tonight of these good and fine men. I did ask for good and fine men. If you got any problems with them, deal with them. <laughs> the only one I got a problem with is him. <laughs> he used to make fun of me. By the way, Crystal, Crystal was the last name now? Ager. Ager, is she in here? Well, Crystal Ager was a senior and she, she, she was one of my students, and she was a senior, and sweet and, it was a good and godly, it was a good and godly class. That was a wonderful class. I saw Lance Fine yesterday. I pulled into his place of business, walked in there, sat down with him. Me and my wife sat there for an hour. We ran out of time. We had to meet Brother, brother Perkle. I say it right. I thought I said Pickle, but per Perkle was all of you. Okay. I almost, I've been saying that twice today. But, but and Brother Lance Fine, I went in there to his, to his office. We sat down in his chair. We just talked, shared his heart. And I shared my heart. And I just said, I love you, brother. You're on a journey. And, 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 he was, and uh, when we got done, he's just bald. He's just bald in that office. He said, Brother Crabtree, Miss Crabtree, thank you for loving me. That's all God wants from his people. Just care about somebody. Well, Crystal's a different story. <laughs> Crystal, was, where is she at? I want to see. What about? Somebody wave. If she's not here, maybe. But Crystal, Crystal, she's a great class. She was a great attitude. Had a wonderful classmate. She was, and I was her teacher in government. And I have remember how I'm a deaf man. I was teaching government, and, and we're about two minutes before the bell rings. She and all the classmates had already planned together. Brother Crabtree, the bell has rung. <laughs> I didn't know that. I get up, okay. I said, so they packed the bag, they packed the bag, they walk out. I walk out to monitor to the halls, and I wasn't paying attention that I was the only one out there, but as I was walking down the hall, the bell rung. And I just turned around and looked at all those students, and they all just gave a good smile. <laughs> Crystal was the agitator. She was the one who started that. <laughs> I asked her mother to, be, to stay behind one more year to teach my son. Her mother's a wonderful teacher. She was a wonderful teacher, and she got a great spirit about her. And I said, I want you to stay. I begged her, and I appreciate her staying on with kindergarten teacher to teach my son as he goes into school. But you see, all of these memories that I have and overflow, and I walk around. I sat with Brother Miss Cox, and, you know, and I sat down, and I talked to people that were, that were a part of my life for 23 years. The family members and growing together. We loved each other. We helped each other. We assisted each other. We bonded together. We prayed together. We did work together. We did a lot of stuff together. But those are memories we have because we chose not to get on the bandwagon that's going to be critical and be negative and be, be a pessimist about everything. But I'm referring to these good and godly men here tonight. If I can bring these teenagers back up. If you come teenagers, come over here if you would and lock your arms. And um, whoever you are, I don't know who you are, but come up here. We got these, we got these men now. 
the Bible describes these men later on in the ministry, later on in their life, they've done the building. Now here, watch this. Let's go to first. Um, I don't have time to go on the aftermath of, of, you know, they gave up their offerings and so on. They gave up their abilities. Lock arms, if you will. Do, do what they're doing over here. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. But here, the builders, the, the, we see in verse 10 of chapter 3, they gave the builders, they laid the foundation where they praised the Lord. We see in verse number 11, they sang together. They, had, they enjoyed of giving them thanks. They enjoyed these things. And then here, this is what describes these men here in verse number 12. But many of the priests of the Levites and, the, of the, and chiefs of the fathers who were ancient men has seen the first house when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes. They wept with a loud voice and, because, and many shouted aloud so that they, verse 13, so that, that the people could not discern the noise of the shout, the joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout and shouted with a no, and the noise was heard far, afar off. These were people that were just enjoying. They got on board. They brought their children. They got off of work. They, brought their, they gathered their children. They went to the house of God on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever the pastor needed. If he needed to paint the walls, if he needed to remodel the bathroom, if he needed to change the doors, he needed to restore the windows, whatever he needed to do, these men got on board. They, got, they brought their children together. They, they got, and by the way, these children, they, they just went around and played around in the building. But you don't know. They're not just playing. They're building a memory. They're building, a, they're building a memory of their parents who did something great. Yes, I said great. They did something great. They took care of the stay. They, 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 they didn't just maintain. They, they, they were thriving. They were growing. They were on a mission. The mission was to, make, to, make, to help bring a family along. The invisible you, if you would. My wife wrote a song like one that once. once but but the, the invisible you, that when, these children, when their children are born, he has five children, seven children, 20 children, 15 children, and no children. They can't have them. <laughs> And all these men, sorry, Craig, I'm sorry. I love you, man. I love you. Okay. So, I, I got an angry streak. But all these men, all these kids are just running around the building. They're just playing cowboys and Indians. And some of them are playing with their dolls and they're combing their hair. And they're just having all that kind of fun together. While dad is over there painting, they're talking with them all. They're building a unity among themselves. And now they're ancient. Now they're losing their teeth. <laughs> now their hair is going old. Now, they, now, now they're walking with canes, but uh, never mind. <laughs> Dale Burchett, he used to beat me up all the time. He did. We get on the football field, we always had a wrestle. For three years in a row, I'm not joking, we wrestle. I, got, I finally one day, I said, bro, Burchett, I said, let's, let's just stop this. Because every time we wrestled, he'd get me, he'd get me a headlock, and I just wouldn't quit. I just kept fighting, 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 fighting. And I stick, and then when I'm done, I'm stop, the next day I'm walking around like this. Every single time I got tired, I just said, leave me alone. He used to say, he used to say, here with Crabtree, you better do your job. My, my tithe pays your salary. I said, you don't pay much. <laughs> Come over here so everybody can see you. 
But the joy of these men shouting hallelujah, glory to God, they got on board with their pastor. They didn't get on, they didn't come up, they didn't find some, they didn't find some gossiper over here, let's talk about, they thrive on that gossip. No, they didn't do that. Because they had the right attitude and the right spirit and the right, and they're just putting forth efforts to help and love their pastor. Now, they are exciting to see they are old. They're walking with canes. And Craig with the, with the what do you call those things? Walkers. <laughs> but now they shout Amen. with joy. Amen. Amen. Now, this gentleman is the pastor. They may not do exactly, I, I love pews, I do. But in our church, we ran out of room. So our deaf had to purchase, thank God, I wish I told you that way. We, we support I think 10, 12 missionaries, I think 10, 10 missionaries, $35 a month. God's been good to us. And our deaf purchased uh, chairs of about between seven dollars and $8,000 in four months. We raised the money, and I was thrilled with that to see I'm stretching their faith. I had people come. They were naysayers. They said, they, 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 they won't pay for it. They won't pay for it. Every project, the first year of our ministry, of the build, purchasing the building, uh, I, 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 we, we, together we put together 12 men that would help us with eight projects. In the first year, I think it was the roof, the siding, the, the, um, the, we put the roof, the windows, we changed eight projects. I can't remember what they all are. In the second year, we had another eight projects. We did that. Next year, it was seven. And now we cleaned up pretty much the entire building on the inside. It's 95% done. We need to get two major things done on the inside, but a handicap access to the restroom, restrooms and something else at the moment. I can't think of it. But here we are. We got people just telling me it can't happen. I tell them all the time, I'm just, we're just building this work for the future generation. This is not, I, hate, I don't like it when they say, this Scott, oh, well, the deaf have a way of speaking. They say, let's go to Scott Crabtree's church. No, it's not Scott Crabtree's church. It's not Scott Crabtree's church. Let's go to Life Science Deaf Baptist Church, but don't go to Scott Crabtree's church. Because, you know, it's just, but here now, the day comes and all of these men are in their canes and they can rejoice that this man can step up. He may not use the pews. I had to use them. I had to get rid of them because we had to, we had to have space. We, we needed space. We had a space problem. So we brought rid of our pews. He may come in and put chairs in here. These are, you'd be dumb if you can't replace them. <laughs> My generation, we use chalkboards. Their generation, they use PowerPoints. Their generation, my generation, we swept an auditorium like this. Their generation, they use a blower. I see that a lot in big churches. It's just different. Just different. But as long as they're biblically accurate, 
So let's not get nick and picking about some of the small things, but listen to me this morning. These people made their sacrifices. They gave of their tears. They gave of their money. They gave of their life. They gave of their energy. They gave everything they could. And now they are rejoicing because these young people are in, they've been passed down to another generation. The church planters can thank God. These people help the church planters, and we are, we are productive. Well, I mean, we are the, we are the um, beneficiaries, if you would. I'm deaf, so if I say a word wrong, don't worry about it. I say a lot of stuff bad. I, I can't even tell you what I say. Uh, I, can, I, I can tell you enough, write a little book, and make you all roll, rip out of your pants, I promise you. Uh, it's pretty bad. But, you know, we, we benefit. We benefit. We benefit because these men said, I'm going to roll up my sleeves and I'm just going to join my pastor. I have seen doors after doors after doors close because they got into a stagnant, maintaining ministry. So I want to say this to you gentlemen. If you, this, this, this is critically important. But I want to thank you men for coming up here, if you would. And, and if you could go back and sit down with your wife, if you would. But I want to say thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. You can be seated. I need one of you, by the way. I need you. You, you sit here. You come right here. I've got to finish with this. You have a seat. The key to taking care of your stay it's going to be in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, 24, 25, 26. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 26, the word ponder the path of thy feet. Let me bring it, let me, let me, let me, let me bring it down to your elementary level. Keep thy heart with all guarding, for out of it are the issues and decisions of life. I, the, you know, I'm supposed to walk circumspectly, but Monday I'm getting a knee surgery. I'm gonna get a replacement, I can't do it. I put it off, I put it off to be here this week. I didn't wanna cancel Pastor Gaddis and he's just never invite me again. So after tonight he might, no more. But Proverbs chapter 4 is a very interesting chapter. Keep thy heart with all diligence. Keep thy heart with all guarding, for out of it are the decisions of life. Ponder is a to me. The word ponder means to roll flat. To roll flat. The word ponder means to roll flat. It simply means, you ever go hiking? You tend to stay on the path. There's somebody, somebody has already treaded for you. So-called old path. So here we got these men that have already prepared the path. But here I'm saying to you tonight, the road path, the ponder the path of thy feet. Keep thy heart with all guarding for out of it all the issues of life. Because, let me tell you something, your heart is for rent. Somebody or something is going to live in your heart. If you do not guard that heart and circumspectly protect it, 
walking around. If you are getting on the board of the people that want to be naysayers and negative about all the goodness of God in this place, you have no, if you want to do it, try to go, don't pastor this church, but go find something about ready to die and see if you can bring it up. By the way, the church we took, it was down to four ladies. They lost a building. I'm just, I don't have time to go into that, but they lost their building and they gave it to somebody else and they had to close their doors. The people perished for lack of vision. But here it is. You, I, 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 when, I, when I, this is a whole different message. But whatever you're bringing in, you're, you're, you're fitting, something or something, something or someone is going to live in your heart. You can have a pollution of all these kind of dirty sins, if you would. You can have everything good, but then you start letting one thing creep in, two things creep in, five things creep in, 20 things creep in. And the next thing you know, you're not, enjoying, you're not rejoicing with the ancient man. Those men are rejoicing and praising God for the goodness of God, for the overflowing of the house of God. And while these new generations are enjoying, and you don't get to enjoy that benefit. Because you've spent your life, you spend your time just being, oh well, done. And you, may, you found ways. I've been around, I've seen them. I don't like them. I'd rather get away from them. Yeah. I hear this. Whoever this boy's parents are, this young man's parents are, their parents, their job is to help them with their little. Right. The parents will guard their hearts, help them. And they help, they ponder the path. They've set the path for a while. They make the brown. They've set the path and, and they, they keep trotting it. They keep out the pollution of wrong TV. They keep out the wrong music. They keep out the wrong friendships. They keep all of these things out. And then the, the, the result of that is this young man. At one point in his life, the parents are going to have to step away. The tie is, the, the, the cord is cut. And we're going to have to find out if he can handle, right. if he can do what his parents have been trying to instill in him. I close with this. This is what, wait, what, what does this all this mean? It is this. There's a group of people that go. Thank God for those people. Amen. But those of us who enjoyed this past week, we would not have enjoyed the benefit of this past week. If every one of you, if, a, if, a major, if the majority of you were naysayers, right. if the majority of you were gossipers, right. if the majority of you, I hope it's a minority, but it wouldn't be a wonderful thing if it's just not here at all. Amen. You say, well, that, that pastor, that, 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 that's not practical. The devil's always in the midst, chapter five. In chapter five, there's always a naysayer. There's always a naysayer, but I sure don't want it to be named Scott Crabtree. And you know, and the, the bottom line is, I want to enjoy the better. I want to, I want to shout hallelujah with these ancient men. And I would hope that you want to as well. I didn't say a whole lot tonight, but these people gave everything so that this generation can enjoy the benefits and the future. I don't know when this church was established, but somebody made the sacrifices 
I don't know if you were in here when, you were in, when this church building was started, but you made a sacrifice. You paid the, you paid the challenge. You, you gave forth the efforts. You did everything so that this beautiful people here tonight can enjoy it. I talked to some of you, I talked to some of my friends about some various things, and they were telling me how much this church helped them. Rather than saying, rather than saying uh, being a part of the, on the ship or the bandwagon that likes to make problems, why don't I just get over and say, man, I'm glad you got some victory, brother. I'm glad you found a way through. The, you found a solution to the problem. Hey, I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you, you're, you're finding happiness and joy and peace. Thank God you're back at it. Amen. I want to be on that board. Amen. There's just something dirty about being among the group of gossips. There's something dirty about being among the group that just can't seem to find any good thing that's going on. I asked tonight, your group that stay, I thank God because the missionary can't go without you. I mean that. Missionaries cannot go. You may not be applauded. You may not be exclaimed. You may not be bragged on. But collectively together, you help keep the missionaries on the mission field. You, in this, in this instance, you keep the church planners helping, going, starting, moving forward. And you are helping those people who come through those doors on Sunday morning on the bus route with that snotty thing coming down their mouth. And then working it off. They come in there and sit down. I was the bus kid. I was kicked out of school fifth grade. And they said that I was mentally retarded at the state age of 11. My girls agree with them. But God done something miraculous. He took this mental retarded boy because somebody in the church where I got saved loved God enough. And I had a pastor that gave his life to the ministry. It wasn't a big ministry. It was actually a hard, struggling ministry. But he found ways. He put his arm around me and loved me. He taught me how I I got so concerned and so so passionate about the love of God. And I asked my pastor, I said, Pastor, can you teach me how to go soul winning? I'm 17 years old. He shut me down and teached me the Roman road. I was a 17-year-old boy, and I said, preacher, and I'd go to bed. I'd go to bed at night. I, I was a basketball player, and I loved sports. And I'd turn back to, oh, never mind, I'm not say that. But, but you know, I was focusing on church. You know where I'm going. I used to go to bed. I used to go to bed at night with my Bible in my hand. I used to go to bed with a basketball in my hand. That's how I went to bed. I had eight basketballs in my bedroom. I had to grab one of those basketballs and just, just go to bed with them. My coach used to tell me, feel the ball, know your ball. If I set this ball, if I set this Bible among all of 25 of you, and I have you set the Bible out there, and I have to go, I have put blinders on me, I can go on my Bible, and I just say, this is my Bible. I want to challenge you, guard your heart, because if you don't, you will be on the side of the bandwagon as used to be. May God help us. Thank you, brother. Let's all stand, Pastor.